amazing, beautiful. How talented are our people in our church? I'm grateful. So you guys can just, that's cool. Listen, I know it's a moment, but it'd be wrong for me to not say that was done just by the talent of our church and so amazing. But there's a purpose to that video. There's a purpose to that, that and we're going we're gonna to talk about it this morning. So if you have your Bibles, would you open them up to Matthew 1? And we're going to jump right in here. If you do not have a Bible, and this is your first time being here, we have Bibles out in the lobby. Please grab one, take one. If you want to slip it under your coat because you feel better about yourself by stealing it, do that. Whatever you want to do, just do your thing. Just take the Bible. All we ask is you read it. That's it. It's free. Who doesn't love free? So take it with you, please. And we believe in the Word of God at this church. And this morning's message, if you haven't already caught it, is entitled Breaking Silence. Breaking Silence. I believe God is going to invade some people this morning. I believe that some of us in this room have been muffling the voice of God, have been pushing away the voice of God. I believe this morning that some silence that you've allowed to come in your life from God's voice is going to break through this morning. Amen? Like I said, this is an interactive church, so you're going to come with me on this, and it's going to be amazing. But we're going to read this morning, Matthew 1, verse 18. It's going to be up on the screen. Amazing. If you don't have a Bible, it's there. It says this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. We believe in Jesus at this church. Jesus is the only way, the truth, the light. He's the only way to heaven. Jesus. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, brother, son of David, stop being afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. We serve a God in heaven, Jesus, that has saved my life from the pit, my life from the shame, my life from the guilt. Jesus came as a baby to one day save a sinner like me. To save his people like me, like you. All this took place to fulfill, key, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. This is an Old Testament saying, Matthew's repeating a word in the Old Testament. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I am thankful that I serve a God that's with us. With us. Through the good, through the bad. Everything. He walks with us. He is with us. I don't know about you, but you can say amen to know the fact that we have a God that's with us. Not some idol that we have to pray to and hope he's listening to us. No, he's with us. He's with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. Smart man. If I had an angel come to me and talk to me, I'd be like, whatever, dude. Whatever you just said to me, I'm with you. Just the way I read scripture. Thank goodness Joseph woke up and did what the angel said. 
But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So Jesus, this is your word. These are your people. I pray today, Jesus, that you speak life where there's death. You bring the dead to life this morning, Father. You change hearts. You change souls. You breathe breath into each and every person, God. And you transform them into the image of you. We thank you that you came as a baby in a manger. We ask that this word goes forth in the way that you've put it in my heart. Let my words be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Breaking silence. What a beautiful story of Jesus coming to earth and, and the, the commission from heaven to his mother and his father. Breaking silence. Have any of you ever had anything stuck in your ear before? Just interactive, just me. Okay, I'm going to talk to you all. Stuck in your ear to the point where you're wondering, did suddenly something happen where I am now deaf? I have been there before. Where I have wondered, what just happened? See, this is going to get a little gross, and I apologize. So don't take offense to it. If you take offense to it, just know you're in church, and we're called to not take offense to anything. So this is a time for you to operate in that. Come on. Some of you are like, I'm out of here. I knew it was a cult. It's dark in here, everything. But I woke up one morning, and I remember it very well. I woke up, and, and, and I, I woke up from laying on the side of my head. And I remember going like I normally do, and I, and I turned music on in my apartment. I was single at the time, and, and I turned music on, and I, and I, I couldn't hear. <laughs> and do you ever wake up and feel that, and you're doing one of these, like you're pulling your earlobe, your, your ear you're just like, what's happening? I was there. Like I could hear in this ear, but I could not hear in this ear. I said, Lord, <laughs> what are you trying to teach me here? <laughs> he wasn't trying to teach me anything. He said, go to a doctor. <laughs> so I went to a doctor, praise the Lord. Called my mom. I said, Mom, help me. She said, son, go to a doctor. See what's going on. Something's not right. I said, no, nothing. This is not good. I literally can't hear out of my ear. So I show up to a doctor. Remember, this is going to get a little graphic and gross. I show up to a doctor. I said, doc, all I have is silence in this ear. I need these ears. Uh, help me, please. He's like, JP, he's grown up with us. He's known me all my entire life since a baby. He's like, JP, just relax. Nothing's seriously wrong that I can tell right now. But let me look inside your ear. So let me know they put that little thing up to your ear, and they look inside, and he's like, oh. When you ever hear a doctor say that, you're like, no, this is the worst. This is it. Get my will ready. I'm done. And he says, JP, have you been cleaning your ears out with a, a, a Q-tip? I said, yeah, all the time. I shove that thing in there and just twist that thing and pull it out. He's like, you're a moron. You're not supposed to do that. I said, why, Doc? He said, because you got so much, I told you, sick, earwax built up in your ears. It's on your eardrum. You can't hear a thing. I was like, I know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> He's like, I'm the doctor. I'll take care of this. I mean, even though I laid there, and he just started flushing water in my eardrum. It sounded like an ocean was in my head. It was the worst, most coolest thing I've ever experienced in my life. But in that moment, all the, the muffled sound, the, the, the things that I couldn't hear, the moment that he flushed my ears out, I could hear. I could hear very clear. 
I could actually hear better than I could hear for many years. I no longer had the excuse when someone would call my name, be like, I didn't hear you. Oh, I heard them. Because my ears were opened. This is us, though, right? This is us as humans, as followers of Jesus. Some of you are in this room this morning, and you have chosen to believe in Jesus Christ. You have made that faith step. Some of you haven't, and you're welcomed here, and that's awesome. We believe great things for your life here this morning. Amen. The ones that come to Oasis, that was a good time to say amen. But I believe that this is the condition of our hearts at times of our ears, and I'm not talking physical ears. I'm talking our spiritual ears. I'm talking our our ability to to hear God's voice, our our, our ability to, to allow him to speak to our hearts. See, I think some of us this morning walked in with some muffled ears, some some muffled hearts, some blocked hearts to hear what God is saying. See, none of us like silence, right? If you like silence, I want to be a friend with you, and I want you to teach me how. But most people, to be truthful, there's been polls and studies. Nobody likes to just sit in a silent room. If I just stop speaking right now, <laughs> thank you, Kyle. I love you. It would be awkward, though, right? It was just dead silent. Some of you walked in here this morning and you saw the screen and said, just sit still, sit quietly. Some of you can't do it. You're like, I need to think. I need to, I need to talk to somebody. I'm just, ah. We don't like silence, right? We don't like it at all. We, we, we feel discontent. We feel anxious. We feel like, man, I, I'm missing out on something. That is how we are as the people of God. That's how it was for the people of God at this time. See, in this scripture, we're reading Matthew. So it's a New Testament book. I'm going to teach some Bible here. Is that all right? It was a New Testament scripture. But prior to Matthew 1, there was the book of Malachi and the rest of the Old Testament. And the people of God, the Israelites, they were God's chosen people prior to Jesus coming. And Jesus said, hey, i got to come now. But... For 400 years, some theologians say, for 400 years, there was a gap of silence between Malachi and Matthew. What, JP? Are you saying God wasn't speaking? We'll get there. But from Malachi to Matthew, there was silence. The people of Israel are hoping and waiting for the promises of a king to come. All the prophets, all the Old Testament prophets telling them, there's a king coming. There's a savior coming. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. They're waiting. 400 years. <laughs> Nothing. I'd be like, I'm done. To Matthew. To a scripture that says, an angel showed up and said to Mary, You're going to have a baby, and it's going to be the Son of God. In that moment, silence was broken. In that moment, prophecies fulfilled. In that moment, the people of Israel found their king. I love that. I I absolutely love the picture, though, because, because think about this. Are you tracking with me? 400 years is a long time. It's a long time. 
as a human, as, as a person, no matter how godly I was or wasn't, I would have given up. I would have said, God, what are you doing? You, you, you gave all these great words to these prophets, these men of God. They would speak to the people. That's what a prophet was. He would speak the words of God to his people. Did they mess up, God? <laughs> Did you mix up your wording? Did you really mean that there was going to be a king to come? And God stands true. He says, yeah, he's coming. Just hold steady. Silence. Silence. The people of Israel, even in between that time, they were, they were caught in, in the sense of like a political war. They were, they were in the middle of a battle between the north and the south kingdoms, and there was rages of wars and chaos. The climate was changing. So you mean to tell me, God, i got to wait 400 years? You've already gone through the slavery. We've already come out of that. Now we got to wait another 400 years? This is us sometimes. God, i got to wait on my miracle? You mean to tell me i got to sit here and wait? I don't want to wait. I'll go figure it out myself. And this is what happened with a lot of the Israelites. They said 400 years is way too long. I can't wait for God to move. I need a king right now because they were going through it. They were back in a world of chaos and confusion. But God, <laughs> I love that. But God said, uh-uh, my time now. I'm going to step in. Anybody thankful for God that steps in at the right time? I am beyond, if you don't hear anything else, just know this. God's doing more in your life than you think he is. God loves you. He cares for you. He's not pointing down the finger at you. He's arms open wide to you saying, come on home. I'm here today. I love you. I am for you. I'm not against you. Come home to me. I'm thankful for that God that steps in at the right time. So fast forward, right? You got Mary and Joseph. <laughs> Can we just all talk about Mary and Joseph for a second? So, so 400 years pass. God speaks. He sends his angel. Can you imagine Mary, just a young teenager girl, shows up one day and gets met by the angel. And the angel says, you're going to carry the Son of God. Uh -huh, excuse me? I'm engaged. Uh -huh. What do you mean I'm going to carry the Son of God? And you're not going to have it the normal way. You all know what I'm talking about. You're like, what is he talking about? Some of you. I'm going to give you the Son of God as a virgin so that the baby born is pure, is holy, is without fault, is without blame. He didn't enter the world the way we did as sinful human beings. He entered the world faultless and blameless. So Mary's sitting there. Can you imagine, though, the terror, the, the, the unknown? What do you mean? I'm, I'm a teenage girl. Pause. In that time, in that culture, that was disgraceful. Very much so. To be, to be who she was in the community that she was in, that was not good. But God, <laughs> if you tune in next week to the podcast, you'll see it. But God shows us something, that he's for the desolate, he's for the, the ones that are kicked out, he's for the ones that aren't understood. So Mary's sitting there like, okay, I'll do this. <laughs> it's crazy to me. Then you got Joseph, right? Because the stage is set perfectly for God to speak. He's got Joseph, a good guy, a righteous man, the scripture tells us. A man without fault, per se. A man that was just trying to do his best, his best, his best. And an angel shows up to him and said, Joseph, don't leave that girl. I've called you to be with that woman. I've called you to raise the son of God. Two amazing legends of the faith, I believe. We don't give them enough credit. <laughs> if God showed up in my bedroom with Rachel there and said, you're going to carry the son of God, I'd be like, no, you got the wrong person. <laughs> Not me. Nope. My wife would probably put her hand on my, my, my arm and say, no, we're going to do this with joyful and graceful happiness. 
You're like, no, we're not. But Mary and Joseph, the silence was broken for them. That, that moment that God spoke to them, the, the, the promises and the, the prophecies were all fulfilled in that moment because they knew him. And, and I think it dawned on them in that moment, man, God loves me. God is choosing us to carry the Son of God. He's moving now. The stage is set. The stage is perfectly set for God to move. I, I, I love this picture. I love the idea that, that the Son came in such a supernatural way, in a way that, that maybe have taken some time, but in a way that was coming to redeem his people, to save his people. Jesus' birth broke the silence of God to his people, fulfilling the promises of generations, the breaking of silence ushered in peace. And the silence breaking spoke a new way of living for all humanity. Three things to take away. We do this every week because we believe your Monday through Saturday is more important than this Sunday. So take notes. It's okay. You can do it on your phone even. I won't judge you if you're texting. Kind of will. Man, such a powerful image of God breaking silence 400 years to send us Jesus. First thing is this. God, even in his silence, was still settling his promise. I'm going to preach because that's good. God, even in his silence over 400 years, he was still settling his promise. You think you haven't had a promise settled for you? Just hold on. God's settling it. You think you're walking through a trial after trial after trial, and you're like, God, where's your breakthrough? It's coming. Just hold on. He's settling it. Let God settle it. Don't put your hands on it. How many of you put your hands to something, you're like, I shouldn't have done that. I should have let God handle it. My hand is up. But I am thankful to God above that even in the midst of him quote-unquote being silent, he was still settling his promise. See, I don't look at it as God being silent. Plot twist. I don't. Because what is a day to God? What's a day to God? We can't put our minds to that. We can't put math equations to that. We don't know. But I believe even in the midst of 400 years, God was still settling his promise. God was still moving stuff, invading stuff, making sure it's going to come in here at the right time. He said, time to go. I just imagine God up there like hitting the green button like, send him. Just how I Pray for your pastor, please. But I just see God going, my people need a king. My people need a savior. It's time for humanity to see how much I love them. Do we, do we think of that way often? Do we think that when God sent his son Jesus, it was such an act of love that's beyond any love that we can explain or fathom? It was such an act of mighty love that he sent his son Jesus to an earth, to this place for each and every one of you, settling his promises of old. See, we often mistake God's silence as his abandoning. We often mistake God's silence as a way of, he's mad at me. And if you ever sit there and maybe you're quiet time and praying and reading and you don't hear anything from God, my hand's up. God, are you mad at me? Are you upset at me? What did I do wrong? But you know what I've come to find out about God? Is that in the moments that he's quiet, he's teaching me. See, I think 
we get this word. Don't, please, do not get this word silent mixed up. Because even though I'm in his presence and I'm asking him, I think and I believe, I should say I believe that he's speaking still. See, how many of you love school and love tests? Nobody's hands are up. Praise God. Just destroy the educational system. We'll just move forward in life. <laughs> Jokes. That was a really bad joke. Everyone's like, no, don't do that. I'm not going to that church. But how many of you know that in school you learn? <laughs> Some of us. But we learn and we, 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 have to, we have to, at the end of learning a, a section, whatever we may be in, we have to take a test. How many of you know that a really good teacher will teach you all the information, but when it comes to the test, they're silent? Oh, I tried to con a lot of my teachers. I would walk up with my piece of paper, one of my high school friends is here, and he, he, I would walk up and be like, can you just explain this question here? And how many of you know they would do it sometimes? They, I'd be like, can you, I don't understand this. And oftentimes, the good ones would be like, JP, go sit down. <laughs> go sit down. Because you know why? I learned all the information. I knew it all. I think in God's silence, the, the people of Israel, the, the, the people sitting in this room, each and every one of you, I think we mistake his silence for him not moving. No, his silence is his testing. And when he's testing us, he's moving in us. Oh, that's good. In his silence, he's testing you. Do you believe me to be the God that I've said I've always been? Do you believe me to be the God that I've always been? So I may be silent right now, but maybe it's a testing for you. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to believe in me? Are you going to believe that I am going to break through one day? The best teachers are always silent when it comes to the test. And I look at this story and I, I think of the years that have passed and I think, man, God wasn't silent. He was preparing. He was testing his people because when Jesus shows up to the earth, whoo, it's not going to be like every other king. It's not going to be like every other ruler. He's going to flip it upside down. And only the people that trusted my words, trusted the words of 400 years prior and the many years prior before, those are the ones that are going to hear my voice. Those are the ones that are going to know that this is the Son of God, the King of kings, the great I am. This is Jesus. So what if we looked at God settling his promises during that time? End of story, Jesus was the settled promise. <laughs> I'm so thankful that he chose Jesus to be the settled promise. That in the midst of silence, God was still working. He was still working. God's silent to you, he's working. He's preparing. He's teaching you. Some of you are like, I need God to speak right now. Ask him. He may speak to you right now. But some of us that have been a little longer on this journey, he may be silent today. You know why? Because he's trying to teach you something. And I promise you, he's going to settle it. I promise you. Hold on. Hold on. That muffled noise, that, that chaos, kind of like that video where she could kind of hear the cello playing. She could kind of hear, but all the chaos, just hold tight. Hold steady. He's going to move. He's going to speak. Is this encouraging you? I hope so. Second thing is this. Breaking silence ushered in a supernatural peace promise. How many of you would love peace in this lifetime? We're people that are constantly trying to fill that void right here in our hearts that's unsettled, that's anxious, 
that doesn't have any peace. As a pastor, even, I'm, I'm one of those guys. There's moments that I, I wake up or throughout the day I feel like a sense of unsettledness. I don't, I don't feel at peace. I don't feel that, I, that I, I'm walking in God's peace that he promised me. We, we want peace here on earth, but the flesh, the desires of our flesh take over. And when the desires of our flesh take over, I believe that peace leaves. When you choose the world over choosing the king, Jesus, peace leaves. See, but the breaking of silence, the ushering in of Jesus, it brought forth the supernatural peace promise. See, I want to think about peace in a different sense this morning. See, as humans, we think peace in what way? Good things happening. I have a great family. I have a great job. I have friends that like me, that don't talk behind my back about me. I have a spouse or you know, I have an amazing relationship, so I have all the money in the world. That's peace, right? That's what the world thinks. That's their peace. If I only just have this, if I only just have that, if I only get this, then I will have peace. I've been there. I've been that way. But Jesus, when he came, when he settled the score, when he broke through the silence, he brought a different peace. He brought a supernatural peace. Some of you are like, supernatural, this church, I already, wow, what? A peace that is un- indescribable, a peace that I can't even put to words. As a pastor, you're like, tell me more. I really can't. It's a peace when I wake up out of bed and I put my feet on the ground and I just feel like I can take on the world because God is in front of me, he's behind me, he's next to me, and I have a peace that no matter what comes this way, God is still good and he's still worthy of praise and adoration. And no matter what I face today... There's peace. See, Jesus came so that you would have the promise of a supernatural peace for your life. Not needing stuff. Not gathering everything you can. Because guess what? It's all going to die one day. It's all going to fade away. So would you, at the end of your life, rather have Jesus, the Prince of Peace, or the world, the chaotic peace? I want that. But see, it was a promise from, from many years ago, from prior to Jesus coming. See, in Isaiah 9, 6 through 8, Isaiah is a prophet, a man of God. He says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Hello, another time, another sermon. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There's no other rulers, there's no other kings out there going, call me the Prince of Peace. Correct me if I'm wrong. Most of them are like, I'm going to rule with an iron fist. I'm going to rule you, I'm going to be over you. He said, no, I'm the Prince of Peace. I've come in peace to bring you peace. Woo, some of you are getting that, some of you are like, what, I don't have. He came to be the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness, his government and peace, there will be no end. There will be no end to his peace. If you think God's peace has run out, it hasn't. Woo! Thank you, Jesus, that his peace is never ending. It's never going to run out. It's never going to run dry. His peace is for you today. The promise of Jesus came so that you could rest in his peace. You don't have to have the carries and the worries of this world. It's supernatural peace that can wash over you because the silence was broken and peace was ushered in. Man, 
John 14, 27. I'm just going to read a few verses and we're going to close here in a minute. It says this, peace. This is Jesus talking now. He's grown up. He's moving. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. These are Jesus' words. I just want to speak them over you. Because some of you walked in here with chaos, with just situations that are just absolutely terrible that none of us could understand. But Jesus knows. And he said, I've come as the prince of peace. I've settled the promise. I've come. I've fulfilled the prophet's words to come and to bring you peace. John 16, says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me, Jesus talking, you may have peace. You may have peace. In this world, you will have trials. He says, hey, don't get it twisted. It's not going to be rainbows and butterflies. You will go through some stuff. But guess what? I've already, def- I've already beat, beat it. I've already overcome it. So find peace in me. When the world's raging, when the, when the government seems to be losing their minds, when, when the world just seems to be at war with one another, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when maybe someone's just going to hit a button and this world's going to go poof. I don't rest in the knowledge that Man, I really hope our government does well. No, I rest in the knowledge that Jesus is my king and he is my prince of peace. And I can rest in the fact that there are going to be trials, but he's overcome them. Philippians 4, 6 or 7, be anxious for nothing. You got anxiety? Be anxious in nothing. When Jesus broke through silence, he caused us to have a promise to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made to known to God in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Remember what I said earlier? I can't explain it. It's beyond me. But I know the feeling and the embrace when the peace of God washes over me. Third thing is this. Breaking silence ushered in a new way of living by one breast cry. Joseph and Mary. Sitting in a manger, see, the nativity scene's got it messed up. It wasn't all cool, it wasn't all nice, it wasn't all awesome. They were in a cave. Get that deep within your heart and in your mind. They they were in a cave. You mean to tell me, JP, that the, the son of God came and he was born in a cave? Yes. You mean to tell me there was no room for him in the inn, like God didn't make a reservation, he messed up? Yeah, there was no room for him in the inn. Mary and Joseph show up. There's no room. Okay. But they keep stepping in peace. Hello. They keep just walking. Okay, well, a cave? Yeah, a cave? This will work. God, this is your son. You want him to be born in a cave? In a manger? It's not the mangers that we see that are really nice. These are feeding troughs for animals. You mean I want to put my newborn baby in a feeding trough? I would be the guy that would be Joseph. If I was Joseph, I'd find the nearest lake. Fill up a bucket and just start washing that thing out. But I'd be like, Jesus, you, you, you're going to be born in a, in, a, in a cave and in a feeding trough. Come on, God. <laughs> Don't act like you've never thought this. Right? You're all like, judge me. Like, I've never thought that at all. God, what are you doing? You, you promised you would break silence and now you're bringing this this way? God, you messed up. But God didn't mess up. 
He said this, he said, in, in, in a cave, in a, in a feeding trough, without honor, without praise, because Jesus came like no other king. While there was a king sitting in his palace, ruling over his people, taking a census to make sure he knew everybody that was under his reign, he said, no, I'm going to send my son Jesus, who's going to overcome every king, every ruler, every authority, is going to be born in a manger, in a cave, where nobody's going to see him. And the moment that Jesus was born, we're not parents, so I've never experienced this. Some of you in the room have. But when your baby's born, I think the first thing you want to hear, right, is a cry. You want to you make sure that the baby cries. Because if the baby cries, the baby's alive. I just think about this, as, as the baby was born, as Jesus was born, he let out a cry, the biggest cry of all time, the biggest yell. As much as a baby could do. I've heard some babies cry. Some of them got some lungs. I'm like, I need, woo. Get them on the worship team someday. <laughs> he lets out the biggest cry. And you know what that cry did? It silenced every voice of evil. It silenced every voice of death. He said, I'm going to cry out because I've come to settle the promise for my people. I've come. I've fulfilled the prophet's words. I've fulfilled the 400 years. I am breaking silence with one desperate cry of a little one. In a manger. In a cave. Unlike anybody else. It signaled to the, to the valleys and to the mountains. It signaled to the oceans and the trees and the the birds and the animals, high and below, it signaled that the king is here. The king is here. Today, the, the, the king is here. Today in this room, the king of kings is here. With one cry, he, he broke through silence. He broke through it all, and he said, I'm coming to redeem my people, to save sinners like me. You all think, oh, you're a pastor, you got it all together, you look good. No, I didn't have it all together. I don't even have it all together now, I never will. Thank God for his grace. But I, I, I read that one time as I was growing in the faith, and I said, Jesus, you came as this little baby, faultless, without anything wrong. You did nothing here on earth except help people. He healed people. He gave sight to the blind. He gave hope to the hopeless. He would make the lame walk. So in that cry, he commanded, I'm going to a cross. The cry cried out that I'm coming for my children. I'm in pursuit of my children. My arms are open wide for my children. The silence is over. I've come. I've come. I have come. Jesus' voice cried out. He ushered in a sound like never heard before. No longer do we have to be perfect and follow the law code and, and, and make sure that we have all of our things right and properly because that's what was before Jesus came. Jesus came and said, my cry, it's going to open up the floodgates for humanity to come home. It's going to open up the floodgates. That one little breath, that one little cry, it's going to usher in a whole bunch of people into the kingdom of God. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, that cry broke silence. So today, there's a question that i got to ask. A, a, a final question. Will you accept the words of God that broke the silence? The words of a baby, breathing breath, a cry, a, a breaking 
of silence, declaring that the Prince of Peace is here. Words of of past prophets fulfilled, a, a Savior to grow here on earth, fully God, fully man, living as a healer, and then only to go to a cross as a Savior. Living as a healer, but then only to go to a cross as a Savior, faultless, blameless, and to take the sins of mankind and to conquer the grave in three days and to become the king of kings. Will you allow, will you allow the resounding sound of Jesus' breath, the breath of life to draw you home? Or will you remain consumed and muffled? Will you remain consumed or muffled? Today's the choice for you. Will you remain consumed and muffled with the world of confusion, doubt, and hopelessness? The Savior's come. The Savior's come. He has come to bring life to the dead, hope to the hopeless, and salvation to the lost. Will you run towards the sound of Jesus' voice calling you home today? Will you run towards the sound of Jesus' soft, quiet, filled with love, grace, and mercy for each and every one of you? Will you run towards that voice calling you home today? Why don't you bow your heads for a minute? Just every head bowed and every eye closed, we just want to take this time to reflect. We want to allow you to to have a moment with God. What I've said, I I can't save you. The words that have been spoken, the things that have been done, I, I can't. But I believe Jesus is speaking. And I believe his voice, his voice is calling some people home. And so just take a moment to reflect And to ask God what he may have to say to you today. This morning, before we go, we're we're almost done. We want to give people the opportunity to make the best decision they'll ever make in their entire life. To, To take a step into this walk called faith with Jesus Christ. It may not make sense. You may not understand it. That's okay. Jesus is calling you home this morning. He's calling you to have peace and to have a life and a life abundant. He's calling you to eternity. And so this morning, we want to ask and and give the opportunity. if, If some of you have had too much silence for too long, for the silence to be broken and for the kingdom of God to invade. So with every head bowed and every eye closed for one moment, We're going to ask and give the opportunity, if you want to make that decision of faith, proclaiming that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he raised to life after three days, and that he is living in heaven today. If you want to make that decision on the count of three, we want you just to slip your hand up. And we're going to rejoice, and we're going to celebrate together because heaven rejoices when the one comes home. So this is an opportunity for your life to be forever changed. We believe this. We trust in this. So one, he loves you. Two, He died for you. Three, he wants to spend eternity with you. If you're in this room and you want to slip your hand up this morning, come on, we can see him in the back, front to the back, hands are up. Anybody else in this space and place? Anybody else want to make that decision this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Repeat this after me. Father, we love you. We pray and ask, God, that you would just wash over us, that you would change us, that you would make us clean and pure. Father, we receive you today. 
We believe in faith that you are the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We receive your Holy Spirit this morning. May you change us from the inside out. So, Father, we thank you for each and every person that has proclaimed this today. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is praising. Come on, church.